When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, welcome to another episode of the Kick and Cover podcast. Uh, we have a special guest today. Um, we have Cody Bartz from Highland High School in Gilbert, Arizona. Coach, how you doing? Pretty good. How about yourself? Doing good. I mean, the nice thing is, like, I, I put out, by the time this airs, it'll probably be about 8 to 12 weeks um, ago, but that I was looking for coaches in a variety of states. Um, you actually, I think, are, I'm, I'm 90% sure are knocking off Arizona for me. Um, Sweet. <laughs> that's why. That's why I didn't even put Arizona on that list because I'm like, oh, I got Cody here in a couple weeks. Um, Perfect. He's still elusive. One is Hawaii. Um, mm-hmm. It's like a. It's, it's my unicorn as I as I deem to call Hawaii. <laughs> Hawaii has become my unicorn. I can't find anybody to talk from that state. On mm-hmm. heck, I can't find anybody to even privately message. Um, I don't. I don't know. It's. It's. So if you are from Hawaii and listening to this and would like to come on either this <laughs> podcast, the Gap Down Backer podcast, do an interview or do a clinic, DM me. Um, yes, that is a shameless plug, but oh well. Um, <laughs> but uh, today, uh, uh, first let Cody. What's kind of your background? Let, let, for people who don't know you, C- Cody reached out to me and wanted to talk uh, punt formations and some of the stuff he does um, at the JV level. Uh, which are, are kind of interesting, but kind of what's your background, Coach? Uh, so I just finished my third year coaching over at Highland. Uh, third year on the JV staff, originally came in as an offensive line, defensive line coach. Um, worked my way up to special teams coordinator in that same year just because some guy needed to take it, and I, I was one of the opportunities, so I took it. Um, and then over the past uh, two years and leading into this year, I was given the opportunity to be the uh, defensive coordinator as well as special teams coordinator. Um, and then, you know, working on those hand-in-hand is, is something I see functions really well, especially on a, a JV staff where we don't have as many coaches as a varsity team. Um, you know, getting those two together is, is something I was really glad I was able to take advantage of and uh, spend my time into. Well, that's awesome, Coach. And, and like, like I said, um, I mean – the great thing about JV football um, is that you kind of get to mess around with stuff. I, I had a conversation mm-hmm. earlier today um, with Danny Ramsey in Texas. Um, we were talking about playbooks and installing stuff. And he uses, like, the JV level for, like, a testing ground. Um, he'll, he'll give – like, there, he, he has, like, a folder of plays that they, they, they might want to install, they might want to try – and instead of obviously wasting varsity practice time and trying to use it from something you might run once or twice, see if it works, he he, he kind of he'll give every now and then he'll give some plays to his um, JV coaches and be like, try these, see how these work. Let's let's test this down here. If it works here, then we can try it up here. But let's test this stuff out. And I think same can be said with special teams and defense at that level is the testing ground. Obviously, you want your kids to win and be successful, but you also want them to have fun. 
And it's all, like I said, it's a great testing ground for coaches as well. Um, so do you want to kind of talk about some of the punt formation stuff you want to do? I'll let you kind of get your presentation. Um, also, coaches before he starts. Um, obviously, his bio stuff, for those of you watching this, saw the screen. Um, but it will also be in the bio for both the podcast and the YouTube versions. Um, yeah, no, I appreciate it. Um, so this whole kind of thing, so real quick, kind of getting over this is obviously um, the whole presentations on um, trying to create opportunities through uh, varying punt formations. Um, obviously, coach over at Highland High School in Gilbert, Arizona. Um, there is my email and my coach's Twitter um, if anyone does have any questions afterwards um, for, you know, further explanations, things like that. Um, so kind of my whole philosophy and thought process of getting into why I was so interested in trying to vary punt formations and, and try and um, experiment with that was um, a lot of what happened this year when I was promoted to special team uh, defensive coordinator, um, breaking down film, going into things, you know, why does a team run this play? And then why do they run it out of, you know, so many formations? What advantages are they trying to look for? What disadvantages are they trying to avoid? Things like that. And, during that whole sequence, you know, I was getting right into, you know, my next step of preparation for special teams. And I was thinking, well, what happens if you carry that over into phases of special teams? And so the two places I really experimented with that were kickoff and punt. Um, punt was the one I actually I found the most success in because of how teams prepare um, and teams would look into things and the ability of our players to pick up on those tendencies. Um, because in our program, we, we diversify ourselves through our formations, not necessarily through our plays. Now, granted, our plays can vary week to week, but um, what we do formationally is where we try to create a lot of advantages. Um, and so the whole goal of what I try to do with diversifying my punt formations is, is first and foremost, just force teams to over-prepare. You know, when I get into week seven, week eight, week eight of the season, you know, we were playing uh, against Chandler High School week seven, Higley High School week eight. Um, I imagine I made those guys prepare a little bit more than they would have liked to for special teams just because I'd shown them, I think at that point, three or four different punt formations. And that puts them in an interesting spot because obviously I had shown punt formations in a game that I hadn't shown before. And so they've got to think about that. Do they come out differently? You know, makes my life a little easier on the special team side, right? Um also, what I love about it, too, is it, it slow downs pump blocks, because if I come out in a formation that you haven't seen before, you've got to recognize eligibility, who's eligible, who's not eligible. Where am I taking the football? Am I rugby styling it? Am I base kicking it? Um, how many guys am I blocking with? Who's releasing? Things like that. It, it makes you have to slow down at least that first one until I come out in that formation again where teams can adjust. But definitely on those first opportunities, it definitely makes a couple uh, coaches um, have to reassess and even better i love catching a team off guard we'll, we'll show you a couple formations that we've done um or even things that we took advantage of when i saw a pump block unit do that we took advantage of to try and catch them off guard and um, we took some opportunities there and you know and first and foremost just rules of punt you want to create opportunities to keep the football and obviously improve your position on the field which i think we do um pretty consistently with the diversity thing that we do well, well coach like i, I kind of I had a conversation earlier today with um, God, who was it? Not I feel bad for getting oh, Wes Anderson um, at New pa no, New Palestine High School in Indiana, um, and we were talking a little bit about pump block, um, and and I I kind of the philosophy that whoever's more aggressive in that situation, the punt or the pump block, is going is going to have the upper hand. And what and what I mean by that is like you mentioned punt formations to kind of give you the uh, to prevent the rush. 
Whereas, like, me and him both use the rush to prevent the fake. So it's kind of whoever, whoever, I don't know, whoever attacks first or doesn't blink first, I should phrase it that way, mm-hmm. typically has the upper hand in this situation. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's definitely a couple times where we'd come out in a new punt formation and the, you know, the special teams coordinator on the other side kept their block on. And <laughs> it's a couple of times I got a little nervous, you yeah. know, based off when they were sending pressure. And, you know, but it's great, though, because it, it all comes down to, I just call it the chess match. And it's something I preach to our kids all the time on special teams, which is, they're going to make plays like, like just like, you know, we might break a return for 40 yards or, you know, we might cause a fumble on punt, you know, like we're going to make plays just as often as they're going to make plays. Hopefully we make more of them, but I preach to my kids. I'm like, let's not freak out. Let's, let's just stay on board, do what we're doing, do your job. And let's just keep going to the next play because there's conversations I've had with uh, my main guy. Cause I usually have my main captain of each group, the guy who I expect to know all the calls and things like that. And there are certain times I've had a conversation with them. I just said, Hey, just, just trust the process, trust what I'm seeing, you know, and move on forth. And, you know, he, him being a really great leader to not crumble in those moments where he sees something that's maybe not as favorable for us really helps the whole unit, you know, keep moving forward in that instance. I, I agree, coach. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, obviously getting over this stuff, um, getting into kind of what we started and everything we started. So um, this is what I call our base or pre-shift. And I, I just call it base so that way, you know, it's simple because when we line up, it allows my kicker to run through, count 11 guys, make sure we got everyone we do before we even shift into anything. Um, so I can call base, they go line up, and we're, we're good. Um, but this is where I start any and everything that we do. Um, I never come straight out and line up in it. Um, we always break the huddle, get lined up here, about two to three foot splits, and this is where we start. Um, and make sure we have 11 guys on the field. Um, and then what I love about starting here and shifting instead of coming out is obviously no matter how much you want to get on a guy, sometimes they'll jog out of the huddle or things like that, or they spend too much time getting their spacing right. Um, what it allows us to do is it gives teams less time to identify what we're doing, especially when I come out in something new. Um, and it just, it just adds an extra, you know, value to teams trying to figure out what we're doing and things like that. Um, getting into um, kind of our bread and butter, um, it's just basically our spread punt. It's, um, it's what our varsity does. Um, this is the reason I teach it first as well is because, you know, conversations with our special teams coordinator on the varsity level, um, this is the punt formation that they run. So I want to make sure that my guys know this. So like, if any of them ever get pulled up to do special teams, they're not unfamiliar. They're, they know what they're doing. So um, it's definitely the first thing we teach at camp. Um, we actually do our camps um, when we're not in COVID. We do our camps with the JV and varsity at the same time in California. Um, so we're kind of all integrated. So when we do special teams, all of our guys are thrown in there with their guys, getting those reps. And so it's make sure it's the first thing we teach. Um, but I also love this formation as well because it allows us to um, execute a couple different kicks. So we can do a rugby style kick out of here, um, one that I'll show you. And then um, obviously just the basic middle kick, everyone steps up. Um, we kick the ball down the field. And then what I love about this too is that how I do my formations, people's jobs don't change. Whether you're lined up on the hash or you're all the way out on the sideline, um, your job is your job. And so it allows us to teach, you know, alignment and assignment from a base perspective. So that way, if a kid has any questions, I can just say, well, what do you do in spread punt? And then they should be able to repeat it back to me and um, know their job. So that way, you know, if we are in something that is different than our, our base formation, i.e. spread punt, um, we are in a, in a good boat if that makes sense. 
And then, um, so I do have a couple clips showing that. Um, I've got a clip of showing the rugby kick. I do have a clip of the middle kick and then um, a special adjustment we had made when we were playing Chandler. Um, what's funny though is a little background on our kicking situation at the JV level. You know, it's a, you know, some call it the blessing. Sometimes I call it the curse, but we actually had the fortunateness of having three kickers at the JV level. Um, our varsity kicker was, is like, I think the number two punter in the nation. So that was his job, nice and secured. So I actually had a junior and two sophomores kicking for me. Um, and I had them rotating throughout the year just because no matter how many times we charted, no matter how many times we had them compete, they were about as consistent as can be right on the level with each other, which was great to see, but it made it tough as a coach to try to figure out who to pick for each week. Um, but when we get into this one, so this right here, um, this is um, our base straight up kick. So we will start in a shift so sometimes the film cut itself out but um this is where we're starting tight and then what it is is that my gunner will come out to the numbers my inside tight end will go to the hash my tackle stays put um tied into the hash gunner to the numbers and then my two guards will join my personal protector back here um should be seven yards and then when the ball snap they're going to step up to five um so as they go So we're going to spread out here. We're going to get set. My personal protectors make sure everyone's set, checks with the kicker. We snap the ball. They step up, and we punt it. Um, in this here, what this allows us to do, because teams are spread out, um, what it allows us to do, my bad, what it allows us to do is take advantage of the fact that the guys that are on the tight end and on the gunner, um, even if they do blitz, my kicker should have the ball off in time. So it frees them up to get downfield for kick coverage. Um, so ideally it gets me five guys. Now we do have a rule with our center. Um, if there is someone directly over you, you just kind of make sure that, that they don't just rush right past you straight up the gut. Um, but there are just points in times where I'm blocking with five guys. Usually we do a head count beforehand to make sure we identify the, the immediate threat to minor threats. And I do my best to teach our guys to try to block inside out. Now, the lovely thing about coaching JV football is that obviously not everything goes the way you want to, but um, I was really proud of our guys this year and their ability to do the best they could with each situation and, and new pump blocks that would come out of them each week. So uh, that was really good. But this is our base kick. Um, we get into this one here. So this was an adjustment we made for Chandler. So same formation, same everything like that. This is obviously post-shift just because of the circumstance of the film. But Chandler didn't want to send a blitz. They played it slow. So throughout the season, Chandler actually won several games strictly based off of their punt return. Um, there was actually one game they had against Perry where they scored, I think it was two punt returns for a touchdown and another one that brought them down to the five-yard line, and they ended up winning the game like 37 to 33, I think. Um, and it's simply because what they do is they get body on body, slow people down, allow their return of the freedom. And, and my adjustment to that was to pretty much just have my kicker hold on to the ball. Um, allowed our guys to get downfield. He kicked the ball, forced a fair catch, didn't allow a return. Um, made me happy at the end of the day, so I didn't have to stress too much about a, about a big return from them. Now, how, so often, that how often do you see that, like, essentially no rush? Because I've, I've never had a team no rush move before. Really? I, I've done it before as well. So I, I do it as a philosophy of pump block. I do it strictly when I see a team um, prefer max protection and only send um, two gunners down the field. Um, so when I see a team do that, 
nine times out of ten, especially at the JV level, but I've even seen it in some varsity games too, um, where a coach will primarily use offensive linemen or say like a bigger tight end linebacker type kid. Um, and so what I'll do is I'll I'll go match body for body. I don't at that point I'm not a, a, afraid to go do that because I know that they're not going to run downfield, and I know that I'm not going to be able to probably get a uh, a pump block on this because they're just going to wall of meat in front of me. So I'll stick those guys body on body with them. And either depending on how fast those gunners are, I'll either double team them or single team them, emphasizing an inside attack to force them down the sideline. And we've gotten some decent returns out of it. But just for Chandler's sake, I mean, this is week seven. They've already seen me, I think, at this point run five or six fakes on punts. You know, the team that played the, played the previous week, I think they had played, I think they played Higley the previous week and Higley was a team that ran fakes every once in a while too so this is just the philosophy I think that their special teams coordinator had taken up to try and slow down fakes because I don't know how you're going to run a fake with a was it one two three four five six seven eight nine ten man box <laughs> it's kind of tough to do so yeah. uh um, it's just what teams will do to try and do that and I've seen I've seen advantages to it but it's a very rare case in which I'll use it Um, so getting into the next one here. So this was, let's see. So this was actually a kicker I had to start the season. He was the one that's going to open up and do punts for us. Um, he was actually a rugby style kicker. Um, so he's someone that preferred to do a rugby style kick over a straightforward kick just because he's found more success with it. Um, what I had actually told him to do on these certain plays and he'd even asked about it just through scout reps when we did it at practice was coach, if, if I see an open lane and this edge man attacks inside of our wall, can I just keep it and go? And I said, yes, but let's be smart about this and make sure we're in a manageable down and distance. Well, again, lovely JV kids. It's fourth and I think fourth and 17 and he's already 15 you know, yards behind that. Um, on this rugby kick, what he ended up seeing was uh, we're starting pre-shift. So we're going to shift out, get our personal protectors over here, hash numbers. Um, as this wall steps to the right for his rugby kick, he sees that this guy goes inside and he just goes, I'm going to take it. <laughs> so he ends up taking that for a first down, which is a, obviously an impromptu fake. Um, but it's just another ability of ours that we use out of this formation to establish um, why we do the formations that we do and the diversity that we can have with it. Um, it did help, too, that uh, we didn't get many opportunities to punt in our first few games so when we got into a couple of our barn burner games um i had more in my toolbox to use um but just this ability to switch between a base kick or a rugby style kick depending on what we're doing um really helps us out um one thing i would like to do with him a bit more before he got pulled up to varsity was anytime we were on the left hash is to have him go in and do a rugby kick to try and center us on the field um and try and directional kick with him as well um and that's what we'll get into as well with a couple of our formations that I've done. Um, but yeah, that's our, that's our base kick. That's what we do. That's what we teach at camp. This is what I, I always start the season with. This is what I want to make sure I, my guys know. So that way if they ever get, do get pulled up to varsity, um, they're in pretty familiar territory when it comes to doing special teams for them. Cause that's a lot of the times what those guys will go do for our varsity squad. The sophomores and juniors is doing a lot of the special team stuff. Um, so uh, do you have any questions about that or how we handle that stuff? Um, have you considered getting any more exotic with the formations at all? Um, like some over stuff, some steps shifting out everybody evenly, more guys to one side if you're on a hash. Have you mm -hmm. thought about any of that? 
Yeah, so actually, I've got a couple of formations like that um, later in here. Um, okay. So this next one is... So this is our wing punt. It's a little simpler, something a little bit more traditional that uh, we've seen teams do. Um, I strictly do this one just to get more eligibility downfield. Um, so instead of having all of my eligible guys way out on the edge and back in the backfield as my personal protectors, um, it actually frees up my two tight ends and my two gunners to be eligible downfield right away. Um, we've got several fakes that will run out of this and, um, uh, trying to diversify that up in this formation too, but it's great because sometimes teams won't identify, um, that tight end as an eligible man, um, because I have my gunners come off the ball. Um, if obviously if they were on the ball, they'd cover up the tight end so they wouldn't be eligible, but because I move those guys off the ball and sometimes, you know, teams don't recognize that it creates opportunities for the tight end to kind of sneak past every once in a while and make a play for us. Um, but I also like about this too, is especially when I commit to running fakes in certain scenarios to create opportunities, maybe even later on in the season. Um, I've definitely seen teams play a more traditional defense against us when we're in this formation. Um, and I also like it too, because we have less movement pre-snap. So if I'm on a shorter play clock or anything like that, I'll sometimes call this formation just to have less movement to not either A, cause a penalty or B, be waiting on someone to get set or anything like that. Gunners just sprint out, get set, set the ball, and we, we kind of roll with it. So here's a video of this one. Uh, this is also against Chandler as well. Um, this one, they send up a little bit more pressure on us this time, but um, I was really happy that we were able to pick it up a bit. Uh, snap the ball. Personal protector picks up the leakage. We get the ball downfield. Um, and I like it that we're creating a net around this guy, but again, it's I don't know if you've heard of Chandler High School, but they're a pretty dang good football team, no matter what level you play them on. Um, but obviously, kid created an opportunity for himself. But um, kids just did a great job. Um, my protectors are off the ball here. Um, just creates eligibility for my tight ends. Get a nice little wall of me with my protector to pick up anything that comes in. Um, just allows us the freedom of more eligibility when it comes to fakes. And then we get into this one here. So this is what I'm guessing you were talking about, right, Coach? Yeah. Just trying to diversify yourself on the hash. So yeah, we'll, we'll do something like this, especially um, when we're on the hash, um, to not only try and better cover a kick, um, because sometimes my punchers would tell me, like, yeah, I, I can try and kick it on this hash side, but I don't want to kick it out of bounds on accident. I want to get things. So um, also just what's great, too, about rules of how the ball works in the air um, when you're on the left hash and you ask a punter to kick it to the right, um, the ball has a better chance of bouncing forward as if the ball was kicked to the left, um, just somehow based on the physics of the ball. Um, when you kick it to the right, it has a higher chance of rolling forward. When you kick it to the left, it can sometimes stall or stagnate. Um, so depending on actually, you know, where we are distance wise on the field, you know, if say we're trying to kick it from their 40 and we just got to pit them in their end zone. Um, I'll talk to my punters about, kicking it more to the left um, along with some different ways to hold the ball as they kick it um, to try and give us an advantage so it doesn't just bounce into the end zone and, and give them the ball in the 20. Um, but I really like this formation too um, for a couple of reasons. Uh, it definitely gives us the same benefits as the wing punt. So we get the same amount of guys eligible. We get our two tight ends and our two receivers on the outside eligible, ready to go. Um, 
It also allows us to cover directional kicks more efficiently. So if I want to work on trying to pull a returner to a side that maybe he's not as comfortable with or just a side he doesn't line up on, um, it helps us out because it puts my two gunners on that side, gives me you know coverage on the back end in case he decides to roll away from pressure he's immediately getting. Um, and especially when it's to the right with a right-footed kicker, um, sometimes they can get a bit more oomph into it because they feel more comfortable going to the right instead of trying to kick across their body to the left. Um, but what also is great about this formation is that a lot of times teams won't identify that this backside tight end is eligible. Um, they see the receiver off, receiver off, tight end got here. But, um, you know, when we play defense, we actually call this a version of nub where we'll roll strength to here because this is technically the run strength where this is the passing strength and we'll adjust to that. And, and a lot of times when you have special teams crews come out, you know, and you've got guys who maybe don't necessarily do special teams, some of them, they bring in a receiver to go block it, you know, or guys that don't typically have to identify the front five guys or front six guys on live scrimmage. Um, they'll sometimes miss that guy as an eligible receiver downfield and we can create opportunities out of that as well. So this is an example of where we tried to do this here. So we're obviously pre-shift. We obviously, again, line up where we're supposed to, get on the numbers, hash. And this is just obviously an opportunity that we tried to create for ourselves. A little patience, and we kick the ball downfield. And it just gets us guys downfield towards that directional kick. My kicker did a great job kicking it to the opposite hash, um, getting us a good bounce there forward. Um, guys, obviously, he was, he was kicking it to the right. Now, when we're on the right hash and we set the trips over to the other side, um, obviously, we have a little bit of a different conversation depending on where we are on the field because, like I said, when you kick a ball to the left, um, there are certain points in times where that ball does not bounce in your favor as often as it would if you were kicking to the right. Um, so we'll work with our kickers about either kicking it straight um, or just balancing our formation, even though we are on the hash, balancing our formation to try and kick it down the hash to get that covered properly and letting our gunner on the left side know that, hey, if it bounces towards you, you really got to force contain the football to get it back inside where you've got help. Um, so that's a big emphasis of what we push on that one as well. And then obviously our tight punt, um, we were very fortunate this year to never have to punt directly from our end zone with our punter backed up, you know, on our back end. Um, but this is a formation that we'll come out with, just call it tight punt. Um, we bring those gunners in as wings, um, slow people down. Um, and obviously the personal protector will go to the side that's a bit more heavy, um, depending if they're a right heavy team or a left heavy team. Um, but the emphasis on this is just straight up, don't let them block it. If you do not have a guy on you or the guy on you is going to be just sitting there waiting, then you can release. Um, quick kick, let's go cover it. Let's just get out of our end zone, play some defense, and let's make something out of it. Um, it's really the big emphasis. Because honestly, I'll take a kick that lands on the 30-yard line instead of them getting the ball, you know, on our own five. You know, any any room of space I can make as a defensive coordinator um, is, is, a, is a happy day for me. <laughs> yeah. And then this is another one that I just haven't had a chance to toy with in a game just because when I threw it in there, we didn't have to punt a whole lot. Um, but this is what I would call spread trips. So it's our spread punt. We're still going to get our three guys as a main protection, um, but it allows us to not get two guys stuck here in a really tight side of the field and make these two guys cover a whole three quarters of it. It allows us to get an extra body onto this side through one of our gunners um, and allow us to just do, do a lot more things to be honest with you. Cause we've done, um, we can do a rugby kick out of it. We can do a base directional kick over to that side. Um, one thing I really, really like about this formation is, is fakes to the boundary because 
when I show this, even our base kick, and especially when I show our rugby to the right side, because currently right now all I have is right-footed kicker. So if we do rugby, obviously it's got to go to the right. The defense is left. Um, when we do this, it actually opens up sometimes for a numbers advantage to this boundary. Um, and one fake I've loved to run is we actually do a direct snap to this personal protector back here. And we just straight up lead block, lead block, lead block, lead block. And then he's just got to find an opportunity to go. And then we actually have our kicker fake, like he got the ball going this way to pull these guys. And um, we've created some opportunities for ourselves. And, um, you know, this, this formation is one that I'm excited to try out a bit more um, because even going back into my philosophy of everything, um, the typical first punt formation I do in a game was either going to be our spread punt or our wing punt, no matter what fakes or whatever I have in mind. Um, I want teams to feel comfortable that they game plan properly, if that makes sense, and kind of get them into a false sense of security because then, you know, they come to the sideline, they talk to the guys like, hey, cool, they came out with what we expected them to do. I come out in the next kick and I'll line up in that trips or I'll line up in, you know, the spread trips or I'll go into a wing or I'll go into the spread and run my fake out of it. And teams are, you know, having to scramble, figure it out. And sometimes it's even funnier too. Um, I have to maybe even sometimes just normally kick out of it. And it's a punting is a weird thing when it comes to trying to identify opportunities for fakes, because ideally you don't want to be punting. You want your offense scoring points. You want your offense moving the ball up and down the field, you know, so it's kind of a bittersweet moment where we get the punt because I know it creates opportunities for us within that game. And even later on into the season, as I could show more punts, but at the same time, it means our offense isn't scoring points. So it's a, so it's a weird kind of catch 22 scenario with that. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of all I've got for that stuff. I mean, we've done some things in the past with, um, swinging gate, but that's just purely trying to create fakes and positional opportunities. Um, but it's just the principle upon which, we want to try and create opportunities for ourselves instead of kind of sticking with one thing that teams can kind of figure out. Um, Cause when my first year, when I was a special teams coordinator, um, all we ran was um, that spread punt and that wing. Um, I didn't really diversify with some over stuff or try to directionally kick on the hashes. Um, I kept it pretty simple. Uh, the problem I ran into as we got later on into the season is that when teams, that was the only thing teams were seeing and I hadn't run enough fakes to, to make them worried about our punt is uh, I actually ended up seeing a bit more pressure um, than I had seen them do in previous games because um, obviously they just had felt comfortable to do so. And so that was a, a mission I set myself on to improve upon within the next two years of, of being a special teams coordinator, which is obviously trying to identify where I can make my life easier by not doing a whole lot, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, it does. Um, are you guys, I just had curiosity, are you guys married to the shield portion of that punt? Um, of the spread punt? Yeah, as like, as like your base, or is that looking like something you guys are going to involve, that curiosity? Um, that is definitely something um, our current special teams coordinator on varsity really loves to do. Um, and I, I enjoy the principles of it. Um, I enjoy that um, it forces teams to balance themselves out and it forces teams to cover those guys um, because even though the tight end who's going to be on the hash is technically ineligible, um, if you leave that guy free, it opens up, you know, a key screen game to that outside receiver. It gives us opportunities like that, you know, and it, 
I enjoy because it forces teams to more of get a, a body on a body mentality when it comes to, to blocking a punt. You know, obviously you got the returner back there for the punter, but, you know, if you don't respect the fact that I'm sending four guys down the field right away, you know, you're not going to get much of a return out of it. So you might as well just put 11 guys in the block in the box and go block the thing. Okay. And then how many, how many do you try to carry week to week? Um, it's more of a thing of as I install it, I have it in my back pocket. Um, definitely, you know, in week one, um, all I've got is that spread punt. You know, want to make sure guys have that down pat because, again, it goes back to on the JV level. I mean, obviously our, our success is, is important, but um, obviously getting our guys ready to play varsity is far more important than anything else that we do. Um, so making sure they know that spread punt is one of my top priorities when covering punt with my guys. Um, but you know, the next week we'll have in that wing punt, you know, we might have that for a couple weeks. Cause it also depended upon whether or not I use the fake for that, um, for that formation for that week. Cause every time I create a new formation, I always stick a new fake with it. Um, just that way I have it in my back pocket just in case. Um, but we actually ended up carrying, um, the spread punt and the wing punt into week four. Um, until I had actually used the fakes for either one of those um, formations. So it allowed me the freedom to then go into the next one. Because the last thing I want to do is overwhelm my guys with 100 formations and 100 fakes, especially in a region of the game where we don't spend as much time as it as we do for defense and offense, if that makes sense. Okay. Um, but definitely, like, when we walked into – especially when we walked into Chandler, um, I had – I had that trips, I had that wing, and I had the spread formation with a fake for each one. And then walking into Higley, um, that's actually where I installed that spread trips um, to try and create an extra advantage while still having the shield. But we didn't punt a whole lot to get to that opportunity. Um, but it was definitely something I had in there. And then obviously our tight punt is just something that we have in also from camp because you got to have something to do when you're backed up in your own end zone then to get rid of the football. Yeah. Yeah, Coach, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, do you want to put your contact information back on the screen real quick while oh, yeah. I wrap up? Um, yeah. uh, again, coaches, if you if you want to talk to Coach uh, more about some of the spread the punt stuff he does or just talk special teams in general with him, um, obviously his bio, his contact information will be below. Uh, but for those of you watching, um, please, it's on the screen as well. Please check it out. Uh, Coach is located, like I said, to get – at Highland High School in uh, Gilbert, Arizona. Uh, so please don't hesitate to reach him out. Hopefully this helps some of you guys with some ideas on some punt. Uh, gave me a couple, especially the shifting portion. Um, it's always good to kind of take some ideas here from here and there. <laughs> um, and Coach, I appreciate you coming on. Um, and that was another episode of the Kick and Cover podcast. Thank you.